Welcome to The Burnout Show, a weekly conversation with special guests who generously share their burnout stories with us. We also chat with health and wellness experts on how to best navigate burnout when you're in the thick of it, as well as how to avoid it returning. And now here's your host, Jess Jones. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Burnout Show. Today's special guest is Megan Bonham. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Can you share a little bit about what you do? Yeah, of course. So as a professional educator, a yoga and meditation teacher, I've started an online school that teaches self-care and self-love. So whether it's my weekly self-care club that supports entrepreneurs with accountability or my eight-week course that dives a little bit deeper into the mindfulness practices and mindset behind reaching your potential, I'm really about teaching and sharing how real self-care is your superpower. Oh, amazing. I think we all need a bit of that. Can you tell me about the kind of people that you work with? Yeah. So I have this sort of like the wildest sort of clients, you know, ranging from people who are educators, people who are athletes, people who are entrepreneurs. But the, the thing that really you know, is the common denominator across all of those different things, people who are wanting something more for their life. And so noticing that maybe their stress management skills aren't up to snuff with this world that we're living in, or that they're feeling overwhelmed, they're feeling like, you know, I'm just so I feel so guilty taking time for myself. The people who are most ambitious are the ones that have the hardest time really stepping back and prioritizing themselves. And so really, those are those those are my people. And, and I really love working with people who have really big dreams, but also need to remember that they got to take time for themselves. Yeah. I'd imagine there'd be quite a lot of resistance with some people. Yes. Yes. And, and I can relate to that myself having been, you know, someone who has been, you know, the quote unquote busy person, the yes person, right? And then how hard it is to say, oh no, I'm not going to help you with that thing. I actually have to take this yoga class or I actually need to journal or I need to take a walk in nature. I know that challenge well. Mm, I think there's been, there's a slow shift where people are finally understanding the importance of self-care, but this wasn't even an expression, you know, a few years ago, self-care. It sounded like something that, yeah, people would just be like, oh, that's a little bit luxurious, you know, to think about doing things for themselves that weren't based around, you know, your work or parenting or studying or whatever it is that you're doing. So how have you seen this shift over the past few years and how do you go about kind of educating the, the naysayers a little bit to understand that this is something that's really necessary for everyone? Mm, I think the last two years in particular, right, coming through this pandemic, all of us sort of being woken up to this idea that what we thought was certain in our life is really not so certain. And the expectations that we have, really, we don't have a lot of control over anything except for ourselves, right? Our own reactions, our own responses 
to the world around us. And so I think that that has really contributed to this idea that self-care is necessary and self-care is important. And really self-care is what helps us to sustain our momentum, right? If we're if we're having these really big dreams of making an impact in the world or an impact in our families, our businesses, our partnerships, really we need to be taking care of ourselves. And I love the the analogy of, you know, we would never let our cell phone battery, you know, go to zero, right? We would always catch it right at that, that last like 2%, 3%. Uh, and then we would recharge it all the way back up. And one of the things that, you know, people have really, really come into their own in the last few years is recharging their own batteries, right? What it means when the overwhelm gets too big or the anxiety is too high and really noticing those indicators. And so I really love sharing tips and tricks and things that aren't too difficult, right? Sometimes we think like, oh, self-care, I, I don't have time for a 60-minute yoga class. I don't have time to add meditation into my into my schedule. Like, where's that going to fit? And I love being able to be that person that says, actually, I can help you make it fit. Yeah. Amazing. So what did you want to be growing up? Mm, I always wanted to be a teacher growing up, actually, since I was just a wee, wee little thing. I would set my stuffies up and give them math problems. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome. So what happened? What made you change parts along the way? Yeah. Well, I'm actually a a full-time professor and my business is sort of, you know, my, my side gig that I'm transitioning into something bigger, but teaching is really at the heart of everything that I do, whether it's, you know, at the college that I teach at, or if it's in my business, I feel like my mission in this world is to take in information, to filter it through, you know, my lens and my experience, and then to share it with others in a way that is really understandable and easy and not so, not so like big, you know, we, we, we read these books and it's just like, Oh, I don't think that's me. I don't think I can relate to that. My idea is that, you know, self-care is for everyone. And that if I can teach it in a way that is accessible, that more people will actually take care of themselves. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I love that. I love that you've been able to blend both worlds and you're teaching from experience yourself. Yeah. And it's something that I've actually added into my classrooms at the college. And that's sort of where things started, right? Where I started to see, oh, these students, their stress management skills are just terrible, you know, over the last decade that I've been teaching. And so I started adding in these little self-care bits into my classroom and then realized, okay, this isn't just for college students. Like we all need this. I was never taught this. My parents were never taught this. We really need to educate the masses about what it means to take care of ourselves. Absolutely. And you're so right there. We weren't taught this. We were taught, you know, that we needed to work hard. And then as we got older, it was work hard and play hard. If we had any big dreams and goals that we wanted to achieve, it was about, you know, working hard and being recognized for the hard work and the hours that you put in. But nowhere along the way were we taught how to manage the stress and the overwhelm and, you know, the how to manage that balance between working hard and showing that you're of value and showing that you're able to achieve these things, particularly in a workspace, and also take care of yourself at the same time because, you know, good to anyone if you're going to burn out. Totally. And mm. and that idea that our worth is tied into our productivity yeah. and tied to our accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. 
it's a big um there's big shifts there I think that a big cultural shift and I don't think we're anywhere near it but um you know I think there's some there is something there there's at least more education more people doing things like yourself to to let people know how to kind of find a better way but it will take time yeah interesting so how do you take care of yourself and what does your own downtime look like Yeah. So I have what I call like the self-care buffet because, you know, some days when you think of food, like some days I want French toast, some days I want eggs. I don't want the same thing every single day. And so I really have a whole table full of things that I can pick from. And some of my favorite things to pick from meditation for me is really big. And there's so much science behind breathing and breath work and what that actually does to our nervous system and our ability to handle stress and to be resilient. And so for me, that like takes the cake. That's always number one. And then writing for me is a really therapeutic tool that I use in order to get out of my head and back into my heart. And I find, you know, that it's, it's really helpful to, to have that introspection and to have that reflection. Because for me, I have spent so much of my life seeking external validation and really the the idea of growing up, right. And of loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves is being able to do that for ourselves. And so those would be two of the, the biggest ones. I also love being in nature. I love you know, being with my puppy, <laughs> any sort of animal is, is a really great form of self-care. And these are fluffy self-care practices. I kind of differentiate between the fluffy self-care and the icky. The icky self-care would be like setting boundaries, having hard conversations. And I still love that sort of thing. But when we're trying to avoid burnout, going into the icky self-care, not always like your number one option. You want to mm-hmm. you want to stick with the fluffy self-care. Yeah. Yeah, right. So how do you manage overwhelm now? Like the way you are today and everything that you know, what do you kind of do when you start to feel that overwhelm kicking in or that stress kicking in? Yeah. So this is what I would call like your weather forecasting or your self-care recipe where we all know what the storm looks like and feels like. And the trick for us to know ourselves and be able to truly take care of ourselves is to know what the forecast looks like. So for me in my body, when I'm approaching burnout or when I'm approaching overwhelm or anxiety or any of those like really heavy feelings, I start to get a little bit shaky. So for me, I get a little tremory or I notice that I'm dropping things all the time. I notice that my heart rate is increased. I notice I'm a little bit sassy with people. And so for me, when I notice those things, I can say, okay, I am approaching the feeling that I don't want to feel. And so let's go to that self-care recipe of what are all the things that actually help to bring me back to myself. And so often that saying no to people right away, canceling whatever is in my schedule that is not necessary or essential. It's also, you know, looking at my team of people who are around me. I have really great massage therapist, chiropractor, energy healer, like a whole team that I've assembled over a decade that can help to get me back to myself, especially if I've gone too far into that burnout spiral. And, and, you know, when I, when I didn't have access to these people, I had a lot of free tools online, YouTube videos, motivational things, books that I would read that would be really helpful in helping me to get out of that spiral, to kick out at the top of it instead of having to go to the rock bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. So can you tell me about a time in your life that you did hit burnout yourself? 
Mm, yeah. So in my early 20s, I was a workaholic. And this is something that I'm still like recovering from because I love what I do. And I get so excited and lit up about it that I could probably sit at my desk for 16 hours a day and just be like the happiest human. But <laughs> that's not actually real life. We have other responsibilities and relationships. And so I was working as a teacher. So as a professor, I was working that job. I was working a retail job. I was tutoring. I was coaching. In total, I had five jobs and I was also taking my master's and I wasn't prioritizing myself. I was eating fast food. I was changing in my car. I wasn't sleeping very much, maybe five hours a night. And what ended up happening is that I was chronically getting sick. And for me, strep throat is the indicator that I am working too hard. I am stressed out. And I just, I couldn't do it anymore. My relationships were suffering. I was making mistakes. And I realized that, you know, something has to give and I'm not I'm not ready to let it be something significant like like my own health. And that was really a wake-up call for me when, you know, I was always battling sickness, always having to cancel on things because I was forced to. Mm. So how did you go understanding that you needed to start setting boundaries and saying no and letting go of things that you obviously enjoyed doing? What was that process like? Yeah. So it stems from, you know, that those, that those years of working so much and then not really prioritizing my own voice and all of that feeling like I was living, you know, somebody else's life and the life that other people had, had set up for me, like the movie other people had, whether it was my family, whether it was my friends, these expectations I thought people had. Um, and it really all changed when, I was 24 and I came out and, you know, had this like full on expression of like, I'm in love with a woman and, you know, this is who I am and I'm so happy and so excited. And it wasn't really met with that sort of positivity with my family. And, and that sent me into an even bigger spiral and even bigger burnout. And what happened was that I just had to say no to everything. Mm -hmm. I was, you know, heartbroken and grieving and just feeling so lost that I started I started saying no to everything else and saying yes to myself. I started reading more, spending time with myself, getting quiet, and really starting to realize that at the end of the day, all I have is myself. And so what am I going to do is I'm going to get that relationship A1. You know, I'm just going to do as much as I can to get as close to myself as possible. And so for me, mindfulness is what really saved me. The, the yoga, the meditation, the solitude, that's what really kick-started my, my emergence from the burnout. I can imagine that transition from being a workaholic, overachiever, I'm going to go there. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. You nailed it. Oh, yeah. I can see it because I can relate. So that transition from being that person to just being like, no, it's about me now. I'm going inward. I need time for myself. I need to care for me. I need to prioritize myself. What What did that look like? And I guess on a timeline, did that take months of letting go and, and moving to that new idea of what your life looked like? Or was it, was it longer than that, shorter than that? Yeah. So I felt a shift right away because mm-hmm. what I really 
what I really came to, and I think what's at the basis of everything, and it's why I called my business Lovely Human School, is that love is at the basis of it all, right? The love that we have for ourselves needs to trump absolutely everything else. Because if we can have that love for ourselves, we're absolutely unstoppable. Like we can do anything if we love ourselves, if we feel good about ourselves, if that validation, especially for us overachievers who spend our lives, you know, wanting the gold star from everybody else, if we can give our ourselves that it's almost like we give ourselves permission to be authentic, to have that integrity. And from there, that's where, that's where the the big shifts really happen. So for me, it happened immediately. Um, I started to feel like I was building my own self up, but I would say, you know, that, that was a decade ago. I'm 33, almost 34 now. And so I'm still noticing, you know, the growth that's happening on a daily basis. But I would say within the first few months, I noticed, you know, if you meditate for 21 days, just in general, like you will notice a difference. Even if you meditate for seven days straight, you will definitely notice a difference. It's just scientific. Um, but the biggest growth has happened you know, exponentially over time of, you know, being able to look in the mirror now and being like, Hey, I like you, you know, like, uh, I'm doing a good job. So, um, the, the thing that I would say to people is that you'll notice benefits right away from taking time for yourself, from stepping into that reverence and deep respect for yourself. But the key is in the practice, in the daily practice that compounds over time. And and you wake up, you know, a decade later and you're like, Oh my gosh, I really, really like love myself today yeah yeah that's amazing and so powerful as well and I feel like being able to have that kind of you know even if it took you burnout to kind of be able to understand that you needed to make that several changes to get to where you are today and to do it relatively young as well that's pretty impressive I think you know often it takes people decades to kind of undo all the doing that they've done over time and recognize that there's some work that needs to be done and they could, you know, find themselves in a better place. So it's quite remarkable. Thank you. I'm receiving that. Yeah, it's amazing. And so nice that you get to show people how to do it for themselves now. Yeah. And I think it just reminds us that we're all human, right? Like we all have our stuff. We all have those things that we're carrying. And one of the biggest lessons in recovering from burnout, I think is forgiveness. And so whether that's forgiving ourselves for putting ourselves in that situation in the first place or not realizing it or having to forgive other people who may have contributed to our journey, I think forgiveness and releasing that baggage and that heaviness is one of the fastest ways to like leap into the recovery from burnout. Yeah. Yeah, amazing. So what are you most excited about in your life right now? Mm, I am so excited about my new membership that I'm launching. It's like the coolest thing because it's an online school for like $5 a month where I just get to share all of my juicy tips and tricks and techniques for self-care. And I have been dreaming of this for five years. I'm not even joking. I did I did things backwards. I did like the eight-week course and then like the <laughs> monthly membership. And I'm like, oh, like let's just do like a $5 offering. 
but I'm most excited about it because it is, it is what I love. I love teaching. I love showing up for people. I love creating a community and I'm kind of dorky in the sense that uh, I'm calling it lovely human school homeroom. And so if you remember high school and you had that like class at the beginning of the day where you had like morning announcements and yeah. there was like a little mini inspirational thing, like we are just going all out with this metaphor and it's, it's going to be good. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited that this idea of the self-care empire that I dreamed of is actually, you know, I did it. I'm I'm doing it. Yeah. Amazing. Well done to you. It must feel pretty incredible and rewarding seeing this dream come to life. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. I'm going to have to check it out myself for sure. So what brings you joy? So I'm just going to say what brings me joy today. I am obsessed with roses, like really obsessed with the roses in my garden. And every year I I have two, two rose bushes and one always dies. Like it's like no question. It doesn't come back in the spring. It doesn't, it doesn't bloom. And my rose bush this week, the one, because again, only one came back, it has 10 blooms. And I swear the blooms are as big as my hand. They're beautiful pink robust fragrant and I go outside and I just like shove my face in them and really really stop and smell the roses you know yeah yeah exactly oh beautiful how lovely what keeps you up at night good or bad I think this is probably the overachiever in me and it's like what else can I do right what more what more is there what more can I share? What more can I do to serve? Uh, those are the the most frequent thoughts that I have. And then, you know, mixed in with the the sigh of like, ah, I'm so grateful. I did good today. You know, I did, yeah. I did good. That's good. I could have put money on the fact that you were going to respond with that. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. what can I do? What else can I do? What else can I do? Yeah. It's, um, it's kind of a cool thing to have though, that, you know, overexcited mind thinking about what's next and what else you can achieve so I love that yeah yeah so what's something that you've done that you're most proud of Mm. I think for me the healing that I've done the family healing that I've done the personal healing in terms of self-acceptance in terms of you know this is this is who I am and this is how I was born and I'm going to continue growing and learning and sharing. But coming to that place of where I'm at right now, it's okay. And I, I give myself permission to just be here and to do the best that I can. And I think that for me, that journey was a, a challenging journey, but being here on the other side of it after the books and the therapy and the podcast and the support, it, it's a really great thing to look back on and say, ah, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And what are you most grateful for right now? Mm, I am most grateful to be able to go outside right now, yeah. to be able to breathe in the fresh air and touch trees and feel my feet on the ground. That is totally what I'm most grateful for yeah perfect finally what's one piece of advice that you would share with someone who's listening today who's on that brink of burnout themselves Mm, number one just breathe like just stop for a moment inhale through your nose take that breath in and then just like a nice long exhale out make sounds whatever you need to do but the breath is the breath is number one and then go ahead and just 
see how much mindfulness you can actually fit into your day. What can you say no to? How can you slow down? How can you be in this moment? Because being in the past, being in the future, it just causes us suffering. And so if we can, if we can just be here, if you can just be here, that might help a little. Yeah, perfect. So Megan, you're in a role or you're in a business where you're giving and you're giving so much of yourself and it's beautiful. I just said off air that you're one of those um, people that are just like a ray of sunshine. So it's amazing and we definitely need more of you in the world. But what do you do for yourself to make sure your cup is full beyond the mindfulness, the meditation, the stuffing and smelling the roses? How do you make sure that you are getting what you need as well so that you can keep giving all the good stuff that you do? Okay, so this has been my biggest challenge when when I've been doing all of this work because you know you can get resentful or I can get resentful of you know who's going to do this for me? I'm doing all of these things for everybody else, and you know nobody's doing it for me. And so what I've gotten really good at is first of all knowing what I need and being able to then communicate what I need to the right people. Saying you know I need you to tell me that I'm doing a good job. I need you to tell me that you love me. I need you to tell me that everything's going to work out okay. And so really being able to know what I need first and foremost, the things that will help to keep me going and then being able to articulate those needs and then finding the right people to share those with so that I, I'm able to keep in that momentum and not build up the resentment. Mm, I'd imagine it'd be tough because you are trying to balance you know, your role as a professor, this beautiful school that you've created and making sure everyone feels you know, good and happy and fulfilled and not burnt out and, you know, teaching all of this stuff that you've learned yourself over the years. I'd I'd imagine it'd be hard at times when you're feeling, you know, empty yourself and uh, and needing someone to just be like, you know, here's a hug, like physically or virtually, you know, that you're doing okay. That little tip. Yeah. 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 And And being able to say those things to people and having people respond to you, I think that building that web of humans around us is is probably one of the second things of being a really successful person. I think self-care is number one. And then I think number two is the people we surround ourselves with. So whether that's someone saying, shut off the social media, close the laptop, step away from the desk, or somebody saying, you know, maybe we should go out and grab a bite, you know, like, have you had your greens today? <laughs> somebody, yeah. somebody who's, you know, checking, checking in on us and then us being able to ask people to do those things. And so when we really know ourselves deeply, we kind of know what our challenges are. And so when we can recognize our challenges, we can then sort of like delegate or we can we can ask for people to help us with those challenges, right? I think so much of overachievers challenges are that we want to do everything ourselves, right? We're like, no, 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 we got, I got this, I got this. But what I've really learned is that I'm so much better when I've got a team behind me, whether it's friends, family, my partner, business people, when I have support, I actually can do a lot more good in this world. Yeah, so true. Megan, thank you so much for your time today. It's been lovely chatting with you. Ah, Thank you so much for having me. Well, my face is hurting after speaking with Megan, hurting in a good way. Uh, I just found myself kind of smiling the whole time that I spoke with her. And um, like I said, she's an actual ray of sunshine. It was an absolute pleasure having that conversation. So I hope you enjoyed it as well. 
If you're looking for some support with managing or avoiding burnout, the Breaking Up with Burnout mini course is available now. You can get access to the three modules that will cover life, work and burnout, which you can move through at your own pace. Head to the link in our show notes to find out more or go to theburnoutclub.com slash breaking up with burnout and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us. If you're suffering from burnout or want some tips on how to avoid it, join our Facebook group, The Burnout Club Community. If you've gotten something out of today's episode, we'd love your review. Simply click the link in the show notes to share your thoughts. Until next time, go gently.